don't feel safe in my ass Took so many years, I'm just waiting for the wins I'm in debt to no one but the one who took my sins I do it for real, there's no reason to pretend If I do it once, I do it again Add it up, add it up. Bankroll, bankroll, euro, euro, peso, peso. Add it up, add it up. I'm just doing me. Everything is on me. Oh, you matter what? Add it up. Man, what it do, man? This is your boy North End Floyd back with another episode, episode 86 of the Kickback Podcast Show. Man, I want to. I always, I always forget to do this, but let me shout out to everybody in Beaumont, Port Arthur, Silsby, Lumberton, everybody in the Golden Triangle that's listening, that's been supporting your boy, that's been sharing the show, so on and so on. I appreciate y'all for supporting me. So I just want to shout y'all out. But we have uh, a we got a we got a guest on the show, and she you been supposed to be on the show. I'm talking about. I was looking at some messages. It was like way back in July, June. Mm-hmm. You've been supposed to be on the show, man. How you doing today, though? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. And your lighting, the lighting looks good. The the it, the screen looks clear and, and everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's it's a good background setup. Some. Some people on the show, I'm not gonna lie, they have the lighting bad, it's blurry in the background and everything. Hmm. So I appreciate you for having that professional setting and look and stuff like that. But explain to the people like who you are and what you do. So my name is Trina Rose Frazier. I am the owner and operator of the Rose Center, PLLC, which is a counseling service where I provide therapy for people 12 and up. So I am a native of Beaumont, Texas. Basically, so I'm in here. <laughs> well, why got why why does it stop at twelve? I do twelve because there is a certain type of therapy that you typically do with younger kids, and being that I do a lot of talk therapy, it's kind of hard to have those conversations with kids. So there's specialized uh, therapy. Oh, hey, Jerica. <laughs> there's specialized therapy that you do, like play therapy and things like that, with with the kids. So, ah, okay. So, what let me what would uh, what would bring a kid in? Like, do you go to the schools or like parents, like, like my 12 year old tripping? He needs some counseling. Can you help him? Well, okay. So, uh, not in my own practice have I gone to the schools, but in the capacity when I used to work for the crisis team, the local crisis team, I have. But for me, it's typically going to be parents that bring the kids in or contact me via uh, either social media, my Psychology Today profile that I have, Therapist for Black Girls, that's another profile that I have. So those are different directories where they find me. Some people honestly find me on Google. I'm one of the first names that pop up. If you look up Cognitive Behavior Therapy or look up the Rose Center, I pop up. And so that's some of the ways that I get referrals for kiddos. And then friends, of course. Friends will refer. I get a lot of referrals from people that know me, um, classmates, you name it. People that just know me from way back when. You know, we're kind of a small town, so mm-hmm, word of mouth is probably my best advertisement right now. You you work with like all different kind of insurances. Yes, I actually have a few that I am a provider for. So I provide for Blue Cross Blue Shield Texas, pretty much every single plan they have. Uh, United Healthcare. Cigna, traditional Medicaid, community health choice. Um, 
think that's it for now. Working on some other ones, but yeah, that's it for now. And then I also do cash pay. So there are different ways uh, yeah. going on, you know, what therapy, uh, what type of therapy, couples, individual, so forth. Mm. Yeah, all y'all couples out there, if y'all going some to some things, man, I let Miss Miss Rose don't be going to Facebook. A lot of people be going to what when you look at Facebook and you see people be like going at it and stuff. They they really I'd be like, man, I need to just go to a council lady or a councilwoman or something or a councilman instead of going to Facebook. People like to run and put their problems on Facebook. Yeah. Is that like a dead like? When you see something like that, do you tell yourself like, "Wow, they really need some counseling. They need to holler at me." No, no, I don't assume like that. Because sometimes people just need to vent. You know, saying that's some people's outlet. You know, if going on Facebook and dropping whatever on Facebook is gonna prevent you from doing something, maybe that's gonna be worse at home. Then vent. It's just a matter of what what you put on Facebook. Everybody got their own like right to do whatever they want to do. You can post your whole business if you want to whole business but you have to be willing to deal with the consequences of, of any action so <laughs> people comment on it they have something to say you know if they tagging you if they're you know responding you know the reactions and stuff and you don't like it well you kind of put yourself out there for it so i think it's more or less of what can you handle when it comes to like that and i mean i do see some posts honestly that kind of touch my heart a little bit i try to be careful with that you know what i'm saying and to be honest with you, since I've been doing this full time, I don't really, I don't stay on Facebook that much. I used to be on my business page more than I'm on my regular page, just so that I don't necessarily, you know, deal with that kind of stuff. So, do you know who who is Leonard Fraser? That's my dad. Your dad trying to come on the show. I see him like he, I seen a little <laughs> block spot. I dad think it was because of the link when we were talking about earlier. Oh. He knows the link. That's what it was. Oh, I seen a Leonard Fraser pop up. I say, dang, who is that? That's either like a, a man or, right? a man or somebody. He's finna come on here like, hey, who is you? Like, hey, look. No, that is my pops. No, that's why I was asking you because he was asking. I didn't want to say it was an old person. <laughs> I, was, I, I ain't gonna lie. I went on Facebook. I said, man, let me see. Let me, let me look who Leonard Fraser is real quick. And I seen like army veteran and sergeant i say oh damn yeah those i was telling you my dad was in military too he was in the military too so <laughs> okay all right cool we got that straight so um what about uh what 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 made you like get into counseling and was it hard it, it somebody said it take like 10 years to get like you know <laughs> You know, I actually looked back on it and I started counting like the years and I realized that at some point I was doing so many things at once that it may not have seemed as long. And then I did take a break from the mental health field and teach for five years. So because I took that break, I guess when I returned and started working back in mental health and doing what I needed to do, it didn't seem as long to me. Right. But if you count it up, I mean, honestly, if you do your four years for your bachelor's degree and let's see, maybe two years for your master's. If you stop at that point, then of course you do have to do your testing and do your 3,000 hours in internships and stuff. So yeah, about, yeah, it could take eight to 10. And God, if it's great dang. in between, like I did, then take a little but bit you longer. You got your own practice and you big stepping big bag. Oh, oh, big stepping big. No one joins this profession to get rich. 
<laughs> Honestly. Okay, my bad. Not as bad as teachers, though. I'm not gonna lie to you. Not as bad as teachers. And I can say that because I used to teach. So look, but I'm not gonna opportunities though. Really I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful when I ask this question when I when I say this. I'm okay. not being disrespectful at all. So I know therapist is is a therapist and a counselor. Is that the same? You can say it, that it can be. Okay, so I know at least to put together at least six council women or therapists. Y'all are all single. I'm not saying you single. But they're single. Is it because y'all you're so over analytic? Or if I said that right, do y'all just, I mean, are y'all just hard? Y'all judging these guys too hard because you know you're a therapist and you and y'all have a conversation, you'd be like, ah, yeah, he he not fully there yet. He's not, let me let him go. Uh, digging a hole, digging a hole. You say you know y'all be offensive. You said it is digging a hole. So before you put your foot anymore in your mouth, let me tell you, I'm not going to be able to answer that question for everyone, but there is no overall reason why. Because at the end of the day, to be honest with you, most of us as therapists take our hat off. Nobody's trying to work for free. Oh. I mean, it's like the audacity <laughs> of people who say things like, are you analyzing me? Like, I am off the clock. We get paid for our time and the effort we put forth. So when we're off, we honestly try to enjoy ourselves. So if you are that person that says things like, are you analyzing me? Then that might be a turn off for us because we starting mm. to wonder what you're thinking. Like, who are you to where I feel like I need to work off the clock? That's the way I feel. But at the same time, like, you know, we date like everybody else. You know, the other thing I will say that might honestly be a part of it is it's very hard to dish it out if you can't take it. So every time that I'm working with my clients, I hear it. I hear what I'm saying. So I can't talk to you about being self-actualized and about being your best you and, you know, not standing for anything and having standards and stuff and not hear that myself. So sometimes you, you know what I'm saying, you grow. And as you grow, other certain things just don't work for you anymore, but it has nothing to do with analyzing people. Sometimes it's really you just working on yourself. Uh, okay. All right. Mm -hmm. That's a good answer. Thank you for clearing oh, that. Oh, that's up. a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you have a it, black people? We don't. They don't really hit the therapist. They don't really go to counseling. I mean, some, I mean, that's a it's a stigma in the black community not to hit the you know go to a therapist. We don't bring that up. Be like, hey man, I gotta go. I gotta go meet my therapist. They'd be like, yo, bro, you all right? Like, mm -hmm. you going to why, why are you going to see a therapist? Mm -hmm. Like, do we need more? You know, you think black people need to, you know, just get that stigma out the way and be like, look, it's okay to go see a therapist every now and then and, and talk about your problems and issues. I'm working on trying to break that stigma, honestly, because the simple fact is at the end of the day, there is a certain mentality that was instilled in, you know, our ancestors even. And there's a reason for it. So I'm not trying to make it like there's just this, you know, unknown reason why our people have a tendency not to trust, you know, the man, authority, doctors and those types of things, because we have so many reasons not to. However, there is a such thing as when defense mechanisms and things that used to work for us no longer work. So what happens when those things are stale? What happens when that no longer works and I starting to cause problems for us? 
So we have to learn to evolve. And I think that's the issue. A lot of the things that we are dealing with now, they need to be addressed in a new way, but we're still kind of stuck a lot of times because of what we've been through. You know, as many as times we've been told to trust people and we have, and our trust was exploited. So I do understand the resistance, but I'm happy to say that a good bit of my clients are actually people of color. And I oh, appreciate it. And I try my best to create an environment, a vibe that attunes to their culture. You know what I mean? Mm, you got a Facebook page? People can hit you up? Yes. it's You can search at the Rose Center BMT. You want to put it in the chat, in the comments? Yeah, I can do that. Okay. The Rose so, Center? The Rose Center BMT. If you search that on Facebook or Instagram, you'll find my pages. Okay, that's what's up because... Uh, like you said, you know, some people, they, they'll try, they'll be like, oh, well, I tried to find me a therapist and then, you know, shit, I can't find them. So, oh, well. And, mm-hmm. and just like today, I went to go, I went to go get a COVID shot. I went to go do the COVID thing <laughs> and the line was long. Like I made an appointment at six o'clock. And so I went at six and I thought I was just going to bam, you know, give them the little ID insurance card mm-hmm. and get the shot. But it was like seven people in line. They had people. It was crazy. And I was like, man, I'm not finna. In my head, I was like, I ain't waiting for this. So I just left. Okay. So that's how I think some people like when they like try to look for a therapist. And if they, if it, any roadblocks or mm-hmm. anything, they'd be like, oh, well, I tried. I'm finna just pray about it and go on about their day. Uh, so that's why I say a Facebook page, you know, hit up on Facebook. I'm finna post. I already posted it. Bang. So y'all can check that out. Mm-hmm. And then what? They just hit you up and inbox you and they just go from there. Yeah. And even if they don't have a Facebook, my website is the rosecenter-bmt.com. So they can go there and there's a chat. There's actually a, a chat box there where they can communicate to, with me there. Cause you know, everybody's not on Facebook. I yeah. mean, honestly, um, if you Google and you reach out, you know, I have so many different ways for people to contact me. Like I say, there's the directory, uh, therapist for black girls because you know they I mean obviously there are different directories but they want to attune to a certain population and I feel like really black women and black girls are really really missing it when it comes to mental health you know what I'm saying you know when it comes to you know being able to fully experience their feelings you know in a healthy way it's just so much going on so someone else must agree because they have a whole directory for them right mm-hmm. but then i also have psychology today and psychology today is a very popular um directory you can go there and look for the type of therapist you want so it's a lot of things we had to put in for filtering purposes so if you're looking for this particular type you know of this particular religious uh, persuasion or non you know what i mean cognitive behavior therapy or play therapy it's broken down so i just want everybody to get get the help that they need it doesn't have to be with me but those are some of the avenues that they can look up now you was talking about breaking the stereotype of a counselor. What's the stereotype of a counselor? <laughs> well, not well. Aside from what you said earlier about all of us being single, uh, mm. I guess <laughs> the ones that I know they so yeah, they all they are all they're all nice, beautiful, wonderful ladies that I know. Yeah, I just say you know, I just think y'all. Are, I don't know. I just think they not y'all, but they maybe they just judging men too hard, or maybe it's just a shortage of good men. Which that's one of my questions. I saw I said that. that I, People was chiming in. Do you think it's a shortage of good men and good women? My homeboy told me, he said, man, you lucky because, man, it, it's a shortage. It, they don't got too many good women out there. 
And mm. then I hear from the other end, and the lady's like, well, guys, they most of them don't have their own place. They don't have a car. They lacking this or that. Hmm. Stable job history. So I was like, dang, I, I don't, he says it's looking bad out there. So, you know, um, do, you, do you get more men clients or more women clients? Definitely more women. But the men that I see, they tend to be very comfortable, like, with me. You know what I'm uh -huh. saying? Mm. And so the thing about it, I was like, okay, so you asked two questions. So I answered the first one. <laughs> so the first one, I say the stereotype. Okay, so the stereotype is typically what scares people away from therapy in the first place. I mean, if you think about, once again, kind of bringing it back to our culture and our community, a lot of times when you see people like this, they are taking things away from us, right? Whether it's yeah. your rights, you know, your job, your benefits, your kids. So when it comes to talking to someone about your business, first of all, no, because you're going to use it against me. If you go back in time, same difference, right? I trust you. And do you use things against me, right? Things that may have honestly been meant for my good, like religion or this or that. You use it against me. So now it's no longer good for me. But the yeah. issue is that's what trauma continued. Because now that we don't tell anything, we took that to mean we tell nothing. So what goes on this house stays in this house, right? Mm -hmm. So even the abuse, right? We don't we don't tell. And so yeah, I think the biggest thing is trust. It's about yeah. trusting a stranger with some personal shit. Excuse my yeah. language. Nah, you're good. Yeah. But the thing is, they have done research that shows that people are more open and willing to actually share some things with a stranger. Like for instance. Say you go in the elevator and someone just drops like all this heavy stuff on you. And by the time they finish, they get off the elevator and you're stuck in there like what just happened? They feel good because they got to dump it out. They don't know you. You you don't know them. You can't do anything to them. So they have actually got it out. Right. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that's the benefit. But going back to the trust thing. Right. So when you break the trust, there's a reason to reestablish it. At the end of the day, what you're doing now is not working. That's one of the first motivators to me. What you're doing now is not working, right? Yeah. And so if you get older, sometimes you look back on your past experiences and you wonder, why did I have to be quiet about that? I should have been able to tell, right? I should have been able to say something. I should have been able to express how I feel. So I think that at the end of the day, because that trust is lacking, when it comes to going somewhere, you can't talk to someone and get that objectivity, you feel threatened by it or you feel like it's not as good as it seems. So then mm -hmm. when you think about it, I mean, you had posted on one of your, your, your posts one time, some different uh, therapists that you knew, and I don't know mm -hmm. any of them. And that's what I was saying. Like, we're trying to get together now. People have reached out to me to get a mixer together so we can get to know each other because I don't know any of them. And people are tired of going, excuse my language, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but they don't want to keep talking to Caucasian people. They don't mm -hmm. want to keep talking to white people because that's putting them in a position of not only uh a specialty the expert but also that authority and that professionalism and you are the expert of you so yeah. that's why i'm different you tell me about you i can't tell you about you yeah you have to treat people like that you know what i'm saying give them that space to know that they're actually in control of themselves especially when everywhere else they feel like they're not you ever see some posts on facebook and be like man they crying for some they cr they're cr they're crying for me to reach out and counsel them you ever reached out to somebody that you just seen them posting stuff on facebook and be like they need my help they need me to reach out to them 
Are you like, ah, that, you know, that can't really step that. That's not really my boundary. But well, not, neither one of those, right? Like, I don't look at, because I'm not like somebody's savior or anything. So I don't be scrolling through Facebook <laughs> like, who can I save today? You know what I'm saying? But uh, at the yeah. same time, like, I've had like friends of mine, you know, saying they already know who I am. They know what I do. You know what I'm saying? This is hey, your friends be trying to get free um, counseling and stuff? No. Because me and my friends have been like this. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. The way that I am now, how I talk about things, how I handle things, that's just who I am anyway. You know what I'm saying? So that's not really new. I'm just doing it in a professional arena. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, me and my friends talk. So they don't uh, they don't ask me, like, you know, try to get free counseling or nothing because we already talk to each other. It's just people that I've met in the most recent years who didn't know what I did, who who um, might sometimes come at me for stuff like that. But nah, I don't really have that issue. But at the same time, like if I see a friend saying some things, I might reach out and, and see if they're okay. I've done that, you know, multiple times or whatever. And yeah. I mean, honestly, if you see a post that you really feel like is a cry for help, it's dangerous, you know, rest in peace to the young lady that they just had that incident with her, unfortunately, you know, mm -hmm. they couldn't get to her. And, you know, it really bothers me in my spirit because I'm still a human, whether I'm a therapist or not, and I'm a mother. So when I saw that, you know, I see posts like that, I will click and let, you know, you can actually report it so that they reach out to them, not to put them in Facebook jail or anything. They actually reach out to them to make sure they're okay. So there are ways on Facebook where you can uh, flag a post because you're concerned about that person and they ask you, uh, do you need uh, help with what you think you should do? Do you want us to reach out to them? And they have crisis numbers and everything. So that is an option that they have if you see a post that you think is alarming without you having to get involved. Because that's a touchy situation to me. You know that. So. Okay. Yo, shout out to Kayla Love Love Lady. Why's this thing? Um, I don't know why this, this box is small like that. I got to change that. But shout out to Kayla. She says she on that live first time. Appreciate you um, chiming in, uh, <laughs> Kayla. You know, share the show, please. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to you. Much love. You. Uh, so you have a second question, right? Yeah, second question for sure. So, um, second question you said about good men and good women. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think that goes back to evolving. Like the thing is, what is a good man and what is a good woman? Yeah. I think a lot of times, like personally, just going to the most basic example I can give. If a guy is going back to like the traditional where it's like the wife has to do this and do that and do this in the household, then you also have to, I guess, do your part. Right. And bring all the money home to take care of everything and not complain because I'm not cleaning the house and taking care of the kids to live minimal. If that's the case, <laughs> I can go out to work and get uh, we can share this so I can buy things and stuff. So you're telling me that I need to work and bust my tail at home, which they've done a calculation on how much that actually costs. Like if you actually hired someone to do that, uh -huh. right? But the fact is, then you have to make sure that you make more than enough. You know, it don't have to be two incomes, maybe one and a half so that I still get that benefit because I'm working too. guys yeah. these days. What I've seen, they want a woman that cooks and cleans and everything, but they don't want to be like you said. Some women are saying they still stay at their moms and stuff like that. And then that goes with the expectations. Expectations lead to disappointments. First of all, you have to understand that. Is it to not have expectations? Absolutely not have expectations, but know how disappointment affects you. You know what I'm saying? 
You need to know how it affects you so that you're prepared. Because Man, my light is bad. Not to interrupt you, I got bad light. I don't know what's wrong with my light. Right a ring light, like a ring light or something. I got a ring light. It's just bad. It's the camera and the angle and stuff. But I'm gonna work on that. I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get that back, back cracking right. But yeah, like you said, I, I, I guess it is a preference because, like, uh, it just depends on the person to like what's a bad like what's a bad woman. Like some dude might like a good girl and all that, but. Another guy might want her to be a little, I'm not going to say thuggish, but maybe a little ratchet and sophisticated. So I guess it's so just. You won't say thuggish, but you say ratchet. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to say, well, you could thuggish, ratchet, you know, sophisticated ratchet, I guess, if that's a category too. So I guess it just depends. And then you could be the perfect guy and your credit score could be like 200 or something like that. And that might really just be like, well, he's not a good guy for me. So. Mm -hmm. And but I do like what you said though, because if a guy wants his lady to be at the house and doing all this cooking, cleaning, blah blah blah, like you at least gotta at least making some bread. Don't be staying in the projects and want your girl to cook and clean all day, and you working <laughs> at some minimum job, and y'all only got one car and all that. You really you gotta step your game up if you want to do that. Me personally, I love two incomes. Uh, if I get to a certain type of income, then my girl, yeah, she can chill and do that. She can mm -hmm. show without a doubt. Mm -hmm. But until then, I love the second income because it makes it less, uh, that's less stress on me as far exactly. as like, man, like, oh, I got to go, like, I got to go work overtime to like, I'll be turning down overtime. Like it ain't shit. Right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like, hey, you, know, you want to work overtime? Nah, man, yeah. I got something to do. And I'll be like, you know, so her bringing in that extra income allows me to be like, I could turn that down. Mm -hmm. So, but to each his own, though, you know what I'm saying? Uh, shout out to my boy James Coward, man. Appreciate you for tapping into the show. That guy got some great barbecue. I ain't gonna lie. Go to his page, James Coward, if y'all want some good barbecue. And it's late night, too. Like, it'll be like, Eight, nine, ten o'clock, you can go get some barbecue from them. Like, you know, people that sell meals, they usually stop cooking or what it's like in the evening time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know too many people that cook meals, like dinner meals, like around this time, you can hit them up and go get a plate. But he has great barbecue. He has one of the best cheese mac bowls. Him and Cedric Sullivan got one of the best cheese mac bowls, but Hit him up. He got some good barbecue. Appreciate you from tapping into the show. But <clears throat> what what do you think about uh it's it's kind of on top, it's a little bit off. What do you think about the incidents going on at school with our with our teenagers? Uh I seen on Facebook a lot of people was arguing, saying it's the parents' fault. A lot of people were saying it's the kids, you know, uh just being bad and, and everything. Do you think do you think these kids are not bad? Do you think they just need counseling? Do you think like I think I heard something like it's not a bad kid, it's, it's no such thing as a bad kid. That kid just needs counseling or a different, a better environment to hmm. succeed. Or do you think it's just the parents not doing their job and parenting and shit? <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, there's some things that you didn't list that I feel like play a role in it too. And I'm gonna say D all oh, of really? the above. Right. 
Because mm-hmm. there's just a lot of factors that play a role. I think that a lot of times we try to explain things like with a single reason or a single per- point, like, and it doesn't work like that. There are so many different things that are in that pot that has created what we're dealing with right now. Because, uh-huh. you know, if you sit back and you reflect and you watch, you know, over the past years, there's been a progression of what we've been dealing with. But you also got to think about like the generation. Right. So a lot of people say, oh, like uh, the young lady is saying it's the generation, it's the generation. But who's that generation's parents? Mm. Yeah. The thing is, I mean, to be honest with you, at this point, I have a 19 year old. So a lot of these kids are our kids. Mm-hmm. Facts. You know, you know what it I'm saying? Facts, so at the end yeah. of the day, like you're blaming parents, but this means that you're blaming some of your peers, right? And honestly, you might be blaming yourself. Because yeah, this particular batch of kids are ours. Then you have to take into consideration some of these kids are raised by grandparents. It's a different type of raising sometimes when your grandparents are raising the kids. It's different. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Sometimes these grandparents are not old. They, 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 they're not uh, young enough or have enough energy to try to keep up with teenagers. So they do the best that they can. You yeah. might, you might eat, you might have some clothes, maybe. Right. But as far as keeping you railed in a behavior may not have the chance to do that. Sometimes you have those single parent homes and single parent homes are not the issue. Single parent homes can work. It's just that the fact is sometimes it just doesn't. There are some double parent homes that do not work. There's this stigma that people feel like, okay, so if I have two parents in the home, that's better. But what if it's two parents that are beefing all the time and it's negative? Study shows that kids fare better in a healthy single parent home than an unhealthy double parent home. So it's just so many different things. Then you look at the school district. Not even mm-hmm. gonna go there with that can of worms, but it's definitely some some left. It leaves a lot more to be desired. I'll say that, you know. Mm-hmm. So the fact is, at the end of the day, it's so many things. If you look at, if you're talking about our community, because I mean, honestly, it's across the board. You're seeing it everywhere. But let's talk about Southeast Texas. The Mm -hmm. fact is, there's not a lot for these kids to do out here. Idle time. But if you don't give them something to do, the streets will. You know what I'm saying? So, therefore, that's why you see more of it, because it keeps them occupied. They have nothing else to do. Turmoil and and deceit and those types of things are always readily available. Yeah. Yeah, some of these communities are just breathing it's just like it's it's just you know you walk outside and it's nothing but stuff that can get you in trouble. So mm-hmm. these kids gotta really be mentally strong to avoid, you know, those type of situations. Uh, do you think they should have like a mental health class in high school or, or something like that? You know how you got art and you got gym and you got health. Uh, I, they had health. I remember they had health doing. I don't know what curriculums they got now as far as school wise, mm-hmm. but we had health. I think they need to have mental health, a uh, mental health class to dealing with some of these kids' mental and you know some of the mm-hmm. issues that they are going through at home or at school. Something they could talk to in private or something mm-hmm. like that. I think I think we need to adjust to the times. I don't know if the school district is doing that. I don't. You know, it's just my opinion. I'm just throwing that out there, but. I think a mental health class would be awesome in middle school and high school. 
Well, I mean, honestly, I agree with you 100%. It's just like what that looks like. I would need more time to kind of mull over it. But the fact is just having, like, for instance, when I went to Prairie View uh, as a freshman, there was a class that all of us had to take as freshmen, right? Like humanities or something. And there are other like other um, colleges that do the same thing. So if you're a freshman, you have to take it because it's trying to help you to get acclimated. It's trying to help you to, you know, because it's different. Sometimes it's people first time away from home and all of those things and then when you look at um elementary when i taught elementary school right mm -hmm. and the kids would go to the counselor the counselor would do things like uh emotional intelligence and you know those types of things with those kids when they went to see the counselor so the counselor still got a chance to be a counselor and not like a scheduler or a test organizer is they that a different type of counselor Huh? Well, what you are, that's a different type of counselor. The school counselor. The school counselor, is, they, that's not the same counseling you do. It's not, but the thing is, the whole point of a school counselor used to be, because I actually went to college because I was considering that route too, and then I changed my mind on it. So in actuality, the counselor is supposed to have those elements there to assist with cert certain things. And to like, the, the thing is, the curriculum changes like for instance there is a curriculum for counselors in elementary that they cover with the kids based on the grade level but then when you get to high, to middle school that's it now we're doing schedules and testing when you mm -hmm. get to high school scheduling testing graduation sat you know that type of thing so mm -hmm. the they need a place and i know cis does the best they can but i think cis if i'm not mistaken and if i am charge it to my head not my heart but if i'm not mistaken i think cis targets those kids that may be like low uh, socioeconomic status and you know those overt issues all teenagers probably could benefit from talking to somebody so mm -hmm. we need more generalized um help like you're saying like health class for instance they don't pick who goes to health class it's a part of the curriculum so if yeah. they had something that was more introductory just to kind of give them a little bit of education about mental health yes and maybe some self-care yeah i just don't want them to get to the point where they're actually doing mental health services in a classroom setting and people getting triggered and all that so i say like it just we would have to talk about like what that would look like but absolutely i honestly feel like they have to they need to have someone who's dedicated to mental health for each grade level just like they have principals and things like that. You want to have discipline for every level, but well, who's talking to them? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I remember I, I went count. I went to uh, I'm not gonna say council, but I went to uh, I was part of like the the Big Brother program for mm -hmm. Really Way Smith last year, and I talked to a couple students, and you know we we was chopping it up, and so I asked them like, Yo, what do you want to do, man? What do you want to be? And both of them said, and this was two different like conversation that we had i had a conversation with one and then later on i had a conversation with another one and they both said basketball they wanted to play basketball and mm -hmm. i'm not knocking them but they was like short you know they was <laughs> they wasn't tall or whatever so they yeah. said basketball so i say well if you didn't want to do basketball what would you want to do other than that and then they was like uh uh a gamer a, mm -hmm. a video gamer and stuff mm -hmm. and uh so i mean they wasn't they didn't grasp the the idea of like as far as furthering education and education is not for everybody. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you do go to college to you know one of these basketball programs and stuff, and if it don't work out, you know you don't have nothing to follow. But education, 
So I just, I just think like, I don't know, man. I just think some of these kids, they just, we say it take a village, but sometimes that village is is broken. It's like it's it's non-existent. It's sometimes, you know, it's just that single mom or that single dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always think, me personally, my opinion, I think like as far as the black male, I'm just speaking for the black men. I think black men need to step up too and be uh, more hands-on with their kids, even if they're not. If if you're not with your, you know, the baby moms or the mother of your child. Mm-hmm. I think as far as the kid goes, you need to be there. I think a dad makes a big difference, especially in a teenage boy's life. You know, <clears throat> when I was growing up, you know, uh, my dad, you know, I, I I didn't want to get in trouble because of my dad. But I'm not going to lie. I was out there doing bad things. But in the back of my head, I was, you know, I was very conscious to be like, if I got, if I get caught, anything bad happened, I know my dad is going to be like pissed. It was in the back of my head. I was like, don't get caught or whatever. You know, the consequences if your dad finds out mm-hmm. and, stuff. and it, I think that affected me and that kind of kept me, you know, on a path that then, you know, if he wasn't there, I would have been just out there reckless with no regards to anything so mm-hmm. I think my dad being there and being involved in my life was highly effective mm-hmm. and I just think as far as the black men out there if your sons you need to see who your sons are hanging with and you need to be more involved in their life you know don't go hang out with your homeboys when you get off of work you need to go spend some time with your son take him to the astro game or something or spend some quality time with him to get him away from his homeboys or his that environment that he's in. So I'm just speaking on the black men out there. Mm-hmm. Take more accountability to your kids. Hang out with your kids more. Uh, spend more time with them because society is not playing fair with them. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's my I got it. And honestly, I'm going to reiterate, but I'm also going to say the same thing about, uh, you know, girls. Because honestly, you know, I do uh, pay attention to research. And the fact is, at the end of the day, uh, when you think about it, there's research that supports that the relationship that a young lady has with her father has a major impact on how she views the opposite sex, right? Mm, But I'm going to take it more mainstream and say just how she views partners. Because to be honest with you, it's not always going to be the opposite sex. And it might be a non-binary individual that doesn't subscribe to either gender. So I want to be very clear, general, and respectful, right? It's just about being treated properly, learning that I have value. And when I know I have value, then I will expect such from others because we teach Mm -hmm. people how to treat us, right? Yeah. So if you teach people how to treat you, how do you do so? You teach them how to treat you by the way you allow them to treat you and by the way you treat yourself, you know? And so in other words, I need to learn how I want to be treated so I can teach you. How can I teach you what I don't know? So I think that the relationship of both parents is important. I think that the relationship of both parents, grandparents, you know, the way the family structure used to be. I feel like all of those things are important because if you say it takes a village, that used to be the village. You know what I'm saying? But I also know that I've heard before that 
a lot of times, you know, they go back to even slavery, right? And people mm -hmm. want to tell us, get over it, but we're not going to because the effects of it is still mm -hmm. showing today. Mm -hmm. So when all of that is gone, we'll stop talking about it. The fact is they broke up our families, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, based on what they looked like, based on what their value was that they applied to us. And when they broke up our families, then it was the moms, it was the mother, you know, she's still there. And so after a while, that became the custom, but we have to learn to evolve. That is no longer working for us anymore. You know what I'm saying? We shouldn't have to highlight when a black father is hanging out with his kids like it's yeah, you know, yeah, a yeah, you know, white giraffe or something like that. You know what I'm saying? But you notice it's always highlighted. And at the end of the day, I know plenty of great fathers, period. And I know plenty of great black fathers. But at the end of the day, it's like the other thing is, mm -hmm. to be honest with you, it is so many things that play a role in this. If you think about uh, the crime bill that locked up so many black guys and how many people's fathers disappeared, these are the same people who are those kids who now have kids of their own. So they might be still trying to heal from the things that they went through. And it's very hard for me to be able to be everything to you that I can't be to myself. So how in the world am I supposed to show my kids love and I don't even know how to love myself? You know what Ooh. I'm saying? So it's just really hard to give to others what we don't have. But a lot of young men and women saw their moms do it by themselves because they had to. So if a young man leaves his kids, which is still I do not condone young men. And I know young women that have done it, too. The fact is, they look at it and go, well, my mama did it. Mm -hmm. We all right. So it yeah. can be done when in actuality, mama didn't show you all the tears she was crying. Mama mm -hmm. didn't show you the things she did that she might not have wanted to do for the sake of you having what you needed. So that's the thing, you know what I'm saying? It's just so many things. But at the end of the day, we have to learn to evolve. You either evolve or you die, right? That's just yeah, what yeah. evolution says. We are losing. You know what I'm saying? We're dying emotionally, not even just physically all the time. We literally are dying emotionally because we are not evolving. So yeah, that's is. true. I mean, I could, I mean, I, it's so many things I could dig deep into, like what you said, as far as uh, they seen their mom go through it. And and I was looking at something and uh, it was about the, uh, the single parent. So they were saying like, as far as like, like with, we was talking about the two parent household and the incomes and, you know, uh, it's hard. I, I, you know, shout out to the single females women out there that's doing anything and the single fathers too. But mm -hmm. I was just thinking about like a single female. Okay. So you work and then you got to take your kids to school and you got to cater your job around that. And mm -hmm. sometimes if you have them at a young age, then college and the necessary education, you know, you got to put that to the side because you have kids and you got to work and you got to take care of bills. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that puts you behind, uh, a family that has, you know, the mom and the dad, which covers both responsibilities, and that can help. Uh, let's just say the dad's there; he's doing his thing, and the mom can go to nursing school or mm -hmm. go start a business because she's able to because she has the father, you know, doing his thing. And sometimes with a single, you know, as far as like young ladies and these people and these, you know, people out there that's having kids. You got to put that in effect, man, you know, that it might not work out. You might be a single parent mm -hmm. and, you know, and it and it's, it's hard. You know, I was talking to somebody and I'm not going to, I'm not trying to put their business out there, but they were doing it 
by themselves and, and you know the father's not in the picture and that's hard on a person when you're doing it uh by yourself mm-hmm. and i just think uh other races they they have that two-parent household uh that can help the kid out that gives them advantages over you know saying you know particular black i'm not saying all black people are single parent households and stuff but Mm -hmm. i'm just saying a two-parent household is a better i mean it gives you an advantage over a single parent now you can say oh you know i came from a single parent household and i was able to do my thing and my mom you know i'm saying she was able to you know provide for us and you know, get us what a get us what we need. But just imagine if the dad was there too, and how mm-hmm. much more effective or a better position in life you'll be. Because uh, I, you know, like I analyze like myself as far as like my daughter. So I just think about my daughter, like mm-hmm. uh, with me and my wife. Like, how's my daughter's life different from somebody else's life that just grows up in a single household? Mm-hmm. And that's why I try to spend as much time with my daughter as possible because uh, I know that mental, that affects her mentally. And like what you said, as far as that gets her a grasp of like men and how she's supposed to be treated. So I try, I don't try to spoil her, but uh, I try to treat her like, you know, and I think all dads do that, but I try to treat her like she's like everything, you know, and Hopefully she will think like, you know, this is how I'm supposed to be treated when she talks to a guy like, hey, you're not treating me like, you know, I'm supposed to be treated. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think about that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, like at the end of the day, like, you know, first of all, kind of going back, formal education is not for everybody, but we learn all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, there are some people who go to LIT and they get a certification or something and they hire the people at Lamar. And I'm a I'm that's I'm an alumni of Lamar, right? I have degrees. But there hold are on, people that you said you said some you said people go to LIT. There and are get- people, well, you have to think about the fields, right? There are certain people who will go and get like a specialty. Like I try to and you know tell people you have to do more than just try to go for these degrees when you know you might not even do anything with it. So when I used to work like at a residential treatment center in Tomball, I would work with those kids on career counseling, figure out what you want to do, figure out what it is. It really is figure out how much money it makes and determine whether or not you think you can live on that. Because sometimes people don't take the time to really look into that. Then they find themselves with, you know, maybe a degree they don't want, or they stop in the middle of it or something like that. But what I'm saying is like, you can get computer drugs, crafting and things like that at a, okay make money you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so at the end of the day it's like it's about what works for you as long as you're doing something but nowadays education is not the only way and it's not for everybody you know what i'm saying there are many not people not. that you know and then the basketball thing okay i remember like i was listening to um i think it might have been two chains and one of them and he was talking about how they always pushed that and he had that album that was rap or go to the league because yeah. it's like all they push is either sports or rapping sports or rapping so it's like oh so i just get used for my physical uh my physical worth or whatever you think my physical worth is and once again then it goes back to what have they valued about us from the start 
the physicality. Yeah. So it's like at the end of the day, you don't have to do that. I encourage kids to make sure they get some education so they do have something to fall back on. Because one injury, you're one injury away from your dream being psh, gone. Mm -hmm. And then you know how small the percentage is of the people that actually make it there. So I feel like at the end of the day, it's the process. People have to learn to trust the process. What do I mean by that? There are so many lessons along the way. If you are a college graduate, that means that you went through nights of studying. You had to learn time management, stress management. You learned some hard lessons when you missed class and you missed those assignments and you just had to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of things that I learned personally on my way through college that was more than just the paper I got at the end. So that's what I'm saying. It's about the process that you go through, right? Yeah, for sure. I'm not even gonna lie. I had uh I had a nervous breakdown when I was going to school for respiratory therapist. Mm -hmm. I had a nerve, I had a a nervous breakdown because first off, it was like a class of 30. Only two people had jobs. It was me and this other person. Okay. We were the only ones that had jobs. Everybody else was, you know, it was majority females, of course. It was maybe like four males, but it was majority females. And then they had their husbands or their parents. Uh, they was able to lean on, so they didn't have to work. So they studied all day. But I had to work, and I couldn't study that much. And I remember one time I had, uh, it was coming up for uh, finals, and I remember like three of my my subjects. It was like it was like two hundred questions. Like, but she was only gonna pick a hundred out of those two hundred questions. And I had three different subjects or classes. I don't you know I don't know what classes was, but it was three of them. So it was like six hundred questions that I had to study. And you know I didn't really have that much time. And I remember just leaving work, and I was like, man, I gotta study. And I just had a nervous breakdown in the car, man. It was just, it was, it was too much. Mm -hmm. And I wish I had somebody to talk to at that time. Cause mm -hmm. I ain't never felt nothing like that before, but long mm -hmm. story short, uh, that didn't work out. Dia, Dia, no. She, Dia, she's telling us everything. <laughs> Dia, no, don't tell my business. Cause I'll block you. <laughs> I swear I would block you on here. But she, I don't even know Dia. Dia, I don't think Dia worked either, but. She, she said she did. did. Okay, she did. But still, I, I wasn't ready for all that. It was too much. I didn't have the time to, I didn't have the time or I didn't have enough time to commit to it. So, you know, mm -hmm. I ended up switching fields and, you know, it, it ended up working out. It ended up still being a blessing. <laughs> but. Deals in that class, man. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. But so and that's the thing, like you know, uh I have family that's gone like and got their processing operator uh what is a certification yeah. Oh let me I'm not I'm not gonna try to cut you off, but with process operating, let me let y'all know right now. A lot of kids are going into this field or they going to school and they thinking they can get the two-year degree and then bam, they'll just graduate and then hop on and get on that mobile. Exxon Mobil or Motiva, it is not like that. Now, mm -hmm. the two-year degree is easy. It's easy to obtain, but I swear, it is not easy getting on at some of these plants. So I'm just going to tell y'all right now, the, the, you know, these parents that say, go get your process operator degree, they hiring plants. No, because, you know, Exxon or Motiva, they might be hiring 
20 people and then you mm-hmm. got 3,000 people applying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to be real with you. It's not going to be that many black people that's going to get on. There might be two or three. So mm-hmm. your numbers are even less. And it might be people with experience coming from other plants that's trying to get on. So that's going to knock you down too. So mm-hmm. I'm just saying uh, it, you can you you can get on. It is a possibility. I'm not knocking that, but I'm just saying it's harder than what people people are saying. It's easy. It's Mm-mm. the easy part is the school. The hard part is getting a job. So you know, if you get a job, then all blessings for sure. But it's mm-hmm. not that easy. I didn't want to cut you off, but oh no, you good. It's a misconception. A lot of people thinking that go get your degree and then you can get on at the plant. It don't work that like that. Well, the thing is, first of all, on that, I would say you also need to be mm-hmm. willing to leave. I mean, people get stuck in this little small town exactly. yep, and they don't want to leave their refineries and things other places. And then I was honestly encouraged to do instrumentation instead of process operating. And then at some point you can actually, you know, take that degree and then transfer over and make it an engineering degree. Because at least when you get internships for engineering, you get paid. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of the process. If you want to be doing something, because the worst thing I feel like for a lot of kids, you know, there's a such thing as a gap year, right? Some kids take gap years to figure out life, but everybody don't have that chance to figure out life. You feel me? Like sometimes you have to keep yourself in the routine of being responsible and showing up and doing something so that you don't lose that habit. You know what I'm saying? Take like three weeks to develop a habit, two days to break it, you know? Mm -hmm. But the thing about it is it's so many different things that go into being successful. And that is why like, I'm very big on it depends, right? Cause that could answer anything. But I really feel like we have to understand that the definition of some of these things we argue about, we're not even defining them the same. So that is why the argument keeps going. It's like two ships sailing in the night. What does it mean to be a good man? What does it mean to be a good woman? What does it mean to be a bad woman? At one point, bad was good. Remember that? It's just so confusing. So we need to establish definitions first before we start communicating about what this means. Because we may honestly all be aiming for the target, minds and intentions in the right place but we don't have that basic understanding and so we still basically fighting against each other we're not making any progress you know what i'm saying everybody's like they know the way to do everything when we're all unique your way may not work for me you know what i'm saying so uh-huh. it's like when y'all say like the golden rule right everybody like the golden rule treat everybody how you want to be treated i feel like people don't understand that the golden rule is to treat me how i want to be treated and I'll treat you how you want to be treated. That's a yeah, I want like you that. to treat me how you treat yourself. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Have you yeah. seen that? So therefore, it's more or less treat me how I want to be treated. And in oh. return, I'll treat you how you want to be treated, right? And that means I have to learn how you want to be treated. Or at least have a general idea of like some common decency towards other people. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So now. You said you didn't, when you talked about BISD, you said that's another story. I seen the look on your face. You was like, it looked it like, it, you looked it sad. And you're like, yeah, BISD, that's another thing. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are very critical on BISD. Mm-hmm. I don't know if BISD can, can ever get rid of the reputation they had since all the scandals and stuff like that. Do you think they're handling the situation with our children as far as education wise, as far as things that are going on to control the fighting, uh, the everything that's going on. I think they had a uh I think they had an incident with a you know a child with a gun. I don't know, that's rumored. I don't know how exactly true that was, but you know, a lot of people are not happy 
with what BISD has going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any issues? Can do you think? I don't know if I could trust my daughter going to BISD as far as with things going on. Yeah, I mean, I'm be honest with you. It's like, first of all, at the end of the day, um, it's difficult the position that they're in. It's difficult <laughs> the position that everybody was put in with this pandemic. This is not something that we've ever lived through before. Nobody was prepared for it, right? And so you have these kids out of school for over a year. I mean, my daughter's senior year was destroyed. You know what I'm saying? Basically about a pandemic because she was class of 2020. I have one kid. So we looked forward to this all her life. And then we just took what we could get and kind of kept it moving. So at the end of the day, we all have had some some type of negative impact. However, the other part of it is it's like I feel like it's unfair. Some of the some of the requirements that 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 are still placed on schools in light of a pandemic when kids were not in school, everybody has different learning styles. Some of these kids barely retain information in person. And you really think they're going to be able to do it at school. These parents did not go to school for going for teaching. And some of these parents still have to work. You know, everybody didn't stop working. And so it's like, okay, so, hey, second grader, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. teach yourself this. So it was just so many different things. And there's so many gaps that these kids are going to experience that need to be addressed. There are Mm -hmm. gaps in their knowledge because of that. They have already done research showing how much they lose over the summer. Well, now you had kids out of school for whole school years. So on that part, I can kind of, you know, empathize with them with the struggle. But at the same time, I am not going to say that I feel like they address things exactly the way that they, they they should have or could have. I'm not in their position. I just don't think that they might have handled it in the best way. I'm not sure why. I think that they dropped the ball on certain things. And I have seen so many parents that are just so fed up and my heart goes out to them because they really don't have no other choice. You know what I'm saying? Really in this area, what, what you going to do? You know what I'm saying? If I'm already dealing with struggling, you already talked about the single mothers and this like that. Some yeah. of them, school is daycare. You can call it what you mm-hmm. want. When I go to work, you go to school. When you get off for school, I'm getting off for work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot. But no, I don't think I'm not going to sit up and tell you that I think they did the best that they could. No. And I will be more than willing to participate in any outreach efforts where we can sit down and start doing some kind of talks with these kids to try to get them in a better place. These kids are hurting. They're confused. You know what I'm saying? This is social life is a big part of their lives at this age, any school age. That's a big part of their development. And they did not get that. That matters. You know what I'm saying? And nobody's like, I feel like everybody skated across that and act like that didn't happen. All right, let's get back to this regularly scheduled program. There is no regularly scheduled program. So let's stop acting like it's not. You know, let's stop acting like something didn't happen. Let's stop acting like we're not in this and actually address what we're dealing with. Stop dancing around it because honestly, it looks like people are just checking boxes to say, we did this. We did this. You know? I, I like to reiterate, if you want to reach out to talk to Miss Rose, she has a Facebook page, the Rose Center BMT. Y'all can holler at her. She uh, counsels from 12, eight, the, year, age, the, the age of 12 and up. If you want to, you know, get your kids some therapy, some counseling, you know, uh, mental health is real. 
and stuff. But uh, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, my son, he graduated in 2020 also. And his year was just wrecked. That year was right. And I think they had a flood that year, too. It was tragic. The first yeah. half of that year, 2019, email became. That was the first part of that school year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the second, it was like, oh, by the way, no more dances, no more school. Yeah. No more <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, my poor child, like, come on. We've been looking for 2020, you know, mm-hmm. all her life. So, yeah. I mean, I just feel bad for the parents, too. We were looking forward to it, too, you know? So... Yeah. For sure, for sure. Uh, as far as with COVID, now I know a few people that are stressed out because of COVID because a lot of jobs are saying, look, you got to get your COVID shot or you're going to have to go. I know a lot of people in the medical field is doing it. You know, a lot of these hospitals are saying you got to get your COVID shot or you can't work for us. Is it like that for you know, the counseling community, the therapists, do y'all have to get like the COVID shot because you have, you know, patients and people you're dealing with? Is that starting to come around to y'all? Well, I work for me. So I don't, (laughs) I don't know if anybody could come around and just tell me y'all have to do anything because I'm my own entity. (laughs) Uh, and the counselors typically like maybe a lot of the young ladies that you actually met, they work for themselves you know mm-hmm. like i'm sure we, I, I have worked for community mental health is what they call it um mm-hmm. before you know what i'm saying and i don't know if they've done that i do know that at one point um i was working at a local hospital through that organization i was working for the local mental health authority contracted with them and their stipulation was you had to get the flu shot so hospitals have already had stipulations in place on what oh. you had to do so um you had to get the flu shot and if you didn't get the flu shot the whole flu season you have to wear a mask so that's been in place in hospitals. Oh, that's been going on. Yeah, absolutely. And so our CEO said we didn't have to. And if they had a problem with that, then, you know, they could, we could, we don't have to go to the hospital, you know, things like that. But that's been in place. And so when I started working for UTMB CMC in the prison, that was the same stipulation. You get the flu shot during flu season or you wear a mask. So you have those options, right? So uh, that's one. Two, I can understand when someone feels like you're trying to pressure me into putting something that I feel like is adversive in my body. The way that I feel about it, one thing that disheartens me is so many people are arguing about other people's bodies, right? If you don't want to put it in your body, don't put it in your body. If mm-hmm. I want to put it in mine, I'm going to put it in mine. Why? Because my anxiety is going to be calmed by me doing what I need to do. And so is yours. But when you put my job on the line, it's like, all right, I got to feed my kids. I got this and that. So honestly, it's like with any other decision, you have to weigh it out. If you have enough bread saved up to say, I'm waiting until they decide that this is unconstitutional, then you probably can get away with it. But the sad reality, and I'm not going to like play like, you know, we don't know magic wand. The sad reality is a lot of people do not have the option to say, I'm away. The other thing is there are vaccinations to be in school. You've been giving your kids vaccinations. You you took them. So now all of a sudden when it comes to bread, it's like, nah, but they trying to force me. My issue <laughs> is like, you know what I'm saying? What's good for the goose is good for the gander. These, these babies don't like getting poked either, but you also can't sit at home and teach them at home or homeschool them. So you do it. So you do what you have to do. And what you feel like you have to do depends honestly on you. It really does, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Yo, shout out to my boy Charles Zaffer, C Log. What up, C Log? Uh, shout out to Keith. Uh, I don't want to mess up your last name, but Keith make Keith, he makes some dope candles. I haven't got a candle from him yet. He does. Candles, I love candles. Yep, yeah, I love candles. I'm a candle guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I got a home. candle. When I do my show, like every time I do my show, I light a candle. Like it's in the background. It's like I think you see it like yeah, I see it. Yeah. So I always like it. It just kind of, I don't know, it's the aura or something. I just like a house. I like a very, I like my house smelling good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Scents actually are calming too. Like that actually can be like, you can use a scents that calm you or that give you positive vibes actually to help mm-hmm. you with your mood. So I'm big on candles mm-hmm. as well. And like, I do want to address something if that's okay. When we talk about COVID parameters and things like that, because you yeah, did ask ahead. about us. So I do know that a lot of us like have, uh face shields that we wear we take the temperatures just like they do at many other businesses to make sure your temperature is okay so some of us are doing that uh mm-hmm. we're sanitizing our offices lysol microband sanitizer is actually available for clients as well and i know for me for my office my office is big enough where we have distance to be apart from each other like six feet of distance with multiple places to sit so if anybody has any questions, you can go to my business page at the Rose Center BMT. And I actually have a video of my um, office space. And so a lot of us are doing that to maintain our safety. You know what I'm saying? And to make sure we keep other people safe, too, honestly. You know? Hey, what if a client wants to bring some wine? And be like, <laughs> look, hey, I want to bring some wine and I want to talk to you about something <laughs> with you. Would I mean, I think that's frowned upon, uh, especially if your insurance is paying for it, right? Because they never like, oh. what's going on? you know, a lot of businesses, even when you write off and you have business lunches and stuff, you can have a business lunch. But if y'all are partaking, you can't file it on your business. So I think that they might be like, mm. but now if you're at your house and you're doing teletherapy, because a lot of us offer teletherapy as well. Oh, if okay. you're doing teletherapy, I can't necessarily be like, hey. Put, Put that, that down. down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they tell you what to do. Uh, However, if okay, you become right. to the point that you're sloshed, too sloshed to engage, <laughs> then we might have to go ahead and... What do you call it? Slosh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use that word. My, my boy hit me. If he called me tonight, he can be like, hey, man, what you doing, man? I'm sloshed, bro. I've been drinking wine. I'm sloshed, right? He could be like, what? <laughs> yeah, but I... I me, I'm not going to say I don't need that. I think everybody probably needs therapy, but I think like with some issues, like uh, I can reach out to someone like you to talk about, because, you know, uh, as far as like a black male in America, sometimes we don't have that person to go to, to talk to, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? We don't want to go tell our homeboys the issues that we have. And sometimes we kind of keep that bogged in. And it kind of affects us mentally. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, a, a therapist would be something that uh, would be a great idea. I just don't like with my friends. I don't know any male friend of mine that that goes to a therapist, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. Because um, yeah. like I said, I mean, I don't think we're comfortable or we're I, I just don't think we're comfortable with telling people our problems. Right. I, I wouldn't even know what to tell like with a therapist, even though I know I need a therapist and stuff. I wouldn't mm-hmm. even know what like to, to talk about, because mm-hmm. even though like life is good right now, I know it's like something that probably I can address, you know, just being a black male in America. I mean, it's just small things like 
I don't know. I like the other week I was walking behind some old lady out the grocery store. And in my head, I was thinking like, I wonder if this old white lady is like scared because there's a black guy behind her, you mm. know? So I like juggle my keys so she can know that I was behind her, you know? Like, yeah. and, I, and I said to myself, man, that's kind of weird, you know? Cause I kind of tried to make it comfortable for her. Cause I was like, and she probably wouldn't even, she probably wouldn't even think of nothing like that. But I just juggled my keys, so I was like, well, you know, it's an old white lady, and I'm walking behind her, this guy with locks, and I was like, I, I don't know. You know, I'm all about making people feel comfortable, so I just juggled my keys so she could say, oh, okay, he's behind me. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's something that I need to, you know, talk about or if that's an issue that's been, because i always been doing something like that. That always kind of happens. The situation might be different, but, I mean, it's just like, you know, as a black man in America, you know, it's just it just seems like it's like stipulations on us. It's just, you know, it's a stereotype about us. You can't hear me. Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, OK. And <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I could just book an appointment and talk about the stereotype because I always been fighting stereotypes since I was young and just going to college and being the only, like as far as nursing, just being the only black male in a nursing class. You know what I'm saying? And I think like and I used to think like how I act was how I represented, you know, the other black males. Cause I was like, man, these people don't hang around black people. They don't, they don't hang around black men or nothing like that. So I'm the representation of what, you know, you know, they might, you know, do what they see. So I don't yeah. know. It's just it's just a lot of weight on your shoulder. It can be a lot of weight on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe I could just talk about something like that. I know when I just said that, I took a breath. I was like, oh, that's fine. Right? So I'm going to encourage you to take another breath and go ahead and just, you know, engage, right? And then fill in, because this is a thing. I'm going to encourage you to show up as you are. Your job is not to get ready to show up for a therapist. Your job is to show up as you are and then to be who you are authentically yourself. I always encourage people to love yourself regardless, right? So even if you have issues with yourself. You still correct yourself with love and compassion. You don't beat yourself down or criticize yourself just because there's things about you that you don't like. If you don't love you, then how can you receive love from others? So just work on it. You know what I'm saying? If some things you don't like about yourself, improve upon those things. But as far as like, how do I prepare for therapy? You just go. Whenever you are ready to go, you just go. What do I say? Whatever you want to say. Well, that's a lot. Okay. Mm. That's what we're there for. You know what I'm saying? I, I have clients, sometimes they'll come in. I'll give them the spill in the first session to let them know, you know, intake paperwork and things like that. And then when we get to what they came for, they just sit there. And I'm going to let them do that. If they just need to sit there and be present with someone who they don't feel like is judging them, it's so much power, right? An objective ear is so priceless, honestly. I don't know if you could put a price on being able to just be authentically yourself and not be feared, fearing judgment. Right. Confidentiality. We don't tell people what you tell us. And that is one of the things like we can go and we can talk to our family, our friends. I know you say you go to your homeboys. You say, I don't know any of my homeboys that go to therapy. Yeah. And if they are going, you probably won't know. Mm-hmm. You know, have you guys cultivated a space where y'all feel like y'all comfortable enough to be like, say, man, you know, I'm going to a therapist because mm-hmm. yeah. then you, you feel like. Uh, what's wrong with you? It's almost like the new cooties or something, you know? Yeah. Oh, you trying to better yourself. What you doing? You know what I'm saying? So that's one of the things. But like I said, I would encourage you to show up as yourself because at the end of the day, the fact that you feel the need 
to make other people comfortable around you when you're doing nothing but existing that you honestly think that your very existence makes them uncomfortable that's their problem not yours however i am not going to minimize how the black man has been treated so even though it is their problem i mean we know that sometimes it just gets so problematic. And so that is why mental health is not a black thing. It's not a white thing. It's a people thing. However, I really just wish that our people would. The reason why we feel like other races, like you referenced earlier, that other races are ahead of us. Right. Mm -hmm. And you said that sometimes you feel like it's the, the, the double parent homes and stuff like that. Why do we have to be together to co-parent effectively? See, that's the issue. Know. We tangle a relationship with parenting. We can still get along now. I don't know if other races are doing better than us or if they're just not blasting their business like I always get blasted, but there are plenty yeah. of other mm -hmm. races. Yeah, there's plenty of other races that have issues and stuff like that. They have plenty of jokes about it. But seriously speaking, at the end of the day, we have to learn to just co-parent. If we don't work out, that don't mean that I don't see my child because you mad because we're not together. And it also doesn't mean that you don't come see your child because I'm not with you. You know mm. what I'm saying? Just because I'm not dealing with you the way you want, the child doesn't get what they need. That's terrible. So it's like a lot of times the dynamics, we're very territorial at times as people. And so because mm. we're territorial, territorial, excuse me, we tend to want the whole package or none at all. And it's like, that's not even how any of this works. It's not how this works. You know what I'm saying? So right. at the end of the day, we have to be able to separate things. Everything doesn't go together, but we have decided that all of these things go together, right? I can't be friends with her because she's not friends with her. You don't even know what happened. I can't mm -hmm. be friends with them or I can't work there because they did this. We, 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 this fake loyalty that we have about so many different things. It's just ridiculous to a fault. It's just so much of what we do is about other people. And I really feel like if we flipped it and start focusing more on ourselves, I think we do a, a lot better, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. And I always go by the, you know, a lot of people be like, like when my, when I first started doing lives and Facebook lives and I started talking to different councilmen and people running for mayor and this position and that position, and people will be telling me, Hey, that guy, don't talk to that guy because this and that and don't talk to her because of this and that and i always like to meet the person first you know i like to i like that go on my own opinion of that person and most of the time that person that i met that they was talking about being that person has we have a good conversation and, and and a good relationship with each other and i'm thinking like well just because you don't like them that don't mean i have to hate them exactly. you know and, and it's a lot of that going on and like oh my friend don't like you so i can't like you Mm -hmm. and, you know, you don't know what happened between them. But like you said, I mean, we got to focus on ourselves. We can't, you know, it's a lot of like the, the loyalty word. The loyalty word is like, I mean, you can miss your blessings trying to be loyal to somebody that really was a snake to somebody. <laughs> you know, and it's, 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 it's crazy. Yep. Absolutely. And perception is key. Right. So you may have perceived the situation one way and they may have perceived it another way. And now I got to base how I feel about this person based on your perception when both people may be within their rights. Right. To feel because we we don't have like we look for validation for our feelings when the fact is you felt how you felt. You don't need anybody to tell you that it's OK to feel how you felt. 
it might help you to understand why you felt that way. But for me to have to have you tell me it's okay for me to be angry, it's like you telling me it's not okay for me to be angry. Like, I don't need you to tell me either one of those things. You don't control that. Hell, I don't even control my feelings. I experience them, but I'm not choosing to be sad when I'm sad. Otherwise, I probably would never be sad. I just have to learn how to manage them, you know? Mm -hmm. But for the the men, honestly, I understand that a lot of times, you know, they feel like they have to be strong in the times in history and just even in their own lives, they may have shown weakness and it's all, really it's vulnerability. But see, vulnerability and weakness are not the same. It takes a lot of strength to experience emotions. And sometimes people don't get that, right? So they feel like you're weak if you experience emotions when in actuality, if I really go through this knowing that I'm not really necessarily going to like it, but it's just what it is. I think that takes more strength, but we've decided that emotions suck and we don't like them. So we don't listen to them. So we don't learn from them, you know? And uh, so to be honest the- with you, I'm, uh, I don't know if this pertains, but I'm a cancer. So I'm very emotional. I use my emotions. My emotions <laughs> motivate me. Like sometimes, look, I, I remember I went through a, uh, 2019. I went through something bad. I didn't think I could get over it. Well, I knew I'd get over it, but it's, it's the process, it just hurt. And I used to use my emotions to motivate. I used to go like jogging and I used to motivate myself, telling myself, just like, just giving myself motivational speeches in my head to get me through that storm I was going through. So I use mm-hmm. my emotions and I, I, I bring, I mean, now that I'm 41, so if I'm sad about something, I'm sad about it. I'm not trying to have this macho image, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm all tough and hoorah. If it, if it hits me, it hits me. If I'm sad, mm-hmm. I'm sad. Now, I'm not just bawling out crying if I see, you know what I'm saying, somebody get hit by a car or whatever. But I'm mm-hmm. just I'm just saying, I just, I use my emotions. If I'm sad, if I'm hurt, then I let that out. I don't try to hold that in mm-hmm. and try to pretend like I'm some tough guy. But I use my emotions to motivate me, to get me where I need to be. So... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm a cancer anyway, so we're emotional people, though. <laughs> so have you been like that all your life? You never had uh, the tough guy image, even as a teenager? In my environment, you? yeah, growing up in my yeah, environment. Yeah, I see. What you say, North End Floyd? In, in middle school <laughs> and in high school. And, yeah, middle school and high school. Yeah, growing up, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say. I mean, you. I, I could have chose a different route. I know that, but the... It's, I don't know. It's just the times that we was in. It's just I couldn't. You couldn't really show any emotions like that. Not soft and caring. You had to be. You had to be tough, or you was gonna be, you know, on your own or solo or just mm-hmm. you know outcasted and stuff. But I, I learned like as far as that tough guy image when I when I had my son, when mm-hmm. twenty one, twenty two years old. When I had my son, that tough guy image went away because. Yeah, I had to go work. I had to pay bills. I had to get diapers and all that, and it it wasn't about me no more. It was about my son. So, you know, that really that really was a a big thing. Having my son really changed my life because it changed my focus and and my purpose, and it gave me goals. And I couldn't depend on my parents anymore. That really made me say, okay, you can't depend on your parents no more. You're on your own now. I mean, you're not on your own, but you got a you got a child now. Your mom and your dad is not gonna raise your child for you. So it's time for you to be a man. So that tough guy image and 
trying to hang out with my homeboys all day. That was, I was like, oh, I got to get a job. But I had a job, but it was like, I have to get a better job. I can't just get some old job to say I had a job. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I was taking care of somebody mm-hmm. and myself. So, you know, I had to be able to afford that. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, they would have, you know, a lot of people don't don't think like that. So they probably would have been like, I ah, forget that. Mm-hmm. But my yeah. son changed my life as far as me to get on my grown man shit. So absolutely. And the thing is, sometimes like milestones, those turning point moments in your life, they are like deciding moments. Right. So you decide, am I going to uh, make adjustments? Right. And start mm-hmm. to do what I need to do to be a father now that I have this new role or I'm going to, am I going to act like this never happened <laughs> and just continue doing what I'm doing. And it's still a change. Cause now I am maybe an absentee father now. So it's like, I'm a father regardless. That's the mm-hmm. thing. So it's, there's a change that has happened, whether you choose to acknowledge it or not. And I just have to determine how am I going to respond to this new space that I'm in? I think that one of the other things that helps us is to be mindful. And when you're being mindful, that means you're being present and you're paying attention to not just being present, but you're also paying attention. And that's what allows you to get everything that you need to get out of the moment. But sometimes when we deal with trauma, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's the big T's or the little T's, that stuff just doesn't go away. It's almost like right there in the way. And I'm still trying to live my life and get around it. And it's just like right there in the way. So we have to do things to process that, to work through that. And then that's where our community, I feel like, struggles because you need to be able to process that with someone who is not also in the struggle, with someone maybe who's not that connected to you, who is also experiencing what you're experiencing, someone who actually can be objective. And that's very hard for our loved ones to do because they are connected to us, right? So yeah. their opinions are tend to be intertwined in their advice, or anything they have to say. Sometimes they say things to us and what they're trying to say is that I want better for you, but the way that it comes out, it is that's not the words that they use. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's the, those things like that. So I feel like at the end of the day, when you're dealing with trauma, you need to be treated for that. And so I don't think you can talk out of trauma or talk through trauma. So Mm -hmm. there is talk therapy, but there's also other types of therapy. Like I provide EMDR therapy as well. And EMDR, it stands for eye uh, movement, desensitization and reprocessing, right? But what Mm -hmm. it really is, is just basically a way for you to address the residual effects of trauma that are left within your body, right? So you're Mm -hmm. actually able to process those things so you can get those things out the way and move forward. That keeps your past from tugging on you and keeping you locked up, right? And mm-hmm. and, and basically handcuffed to it. Because the only thing you can do is learn from the past. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And you live in the present and you prepare for the future, but you can't live all of that at once. And we try to do that sometimes, you know? How do people mm-hmm. try to work? I, I'll sleep when I die. I'm like, you won't sleep. So. <laughs> you come yeah. Then you think if, if that's what it is, God's sleep is so important. Just want to put that out there. It's very important. I just came off of nights at, at my job. Man, them nights, because them nights was kicking my ass. Ah, them nights was, whoo. I'm glad I'm on. Well, I got to go back on nights, but man, nights is, I, I, it's hard to give me some sleep when I work at nights, though. Mm. But yeah, the sleep when it, yeah, I don't, when people say that, I'm like, man, get the hell out of here with that. Yo, shout out to Chris <laughs> Matthews. Shout out to my boy, Chris. Yo, appreciate you chiming in, Chris. Uh, Jacoby Rose Gold, Miss Francis, 
She makes some good barbecue. She made some links that I got from her. They were good too. Um, appreciate you on that food. And shout out to my boy Jason Size. He has a therapist too. Um, we he was on one of my first mental health shows. Okay. Uh, he was in the army also. Uh, no, he oh, was in the Navy. I'm sorry. Oh. My bad, uh, Jason. He was in the Navy. <laughs> but, I still salute, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I appreciate you. I know we've been on here for like an hour and 20. So I like to keep it like an hour or whatever. But Yeah, I enjoyed uh, it, though. I really this, enjoyed this it. This was a very dope conversation that should have had. I mean, the time was perfect now, I guess. Yeah. But uh, I'm definitely, like I said, when we was talking before the show, when I get everything set up, and stuff uh i definitely want to bring you back on because mental health is is important and i and i see a lot of people go on facebook and and they're and they're crying or they or they're typing a lot of stuff and i'm thinking like dang man they really need to go talk to a counselor other than facebook because people just gonna judge them and say what they want to say about them and um so i definitely want to bring you back on when uh when i get the whole setup and everything and then yeah. i feel like you know we can just chop it up like we did now because a lot of people in the comments was like loving it and they was like oh she's smart and blah 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 and all that so, <laughs> thank but you but i appreciate you for coming on though for real though for sure and then i do want to say i don't know if this is not allowed i'm sorry but um no, there is a group that was created for such a thing as this and it's called we need to talk so um, if someone just needs to kind of have that support, they're not ready to go to a therapist right now, but mm -hmm. they do want to have that support with people that are not afraid to share. There are some rules, but they started that group a couple of weeks ago and it's been uh, actually pretty amazing. It's been very impactful for a lot of people. A lot of people have been expressing that they are grateful for having, you know, what I'm that's, saying? A, that's um, a Facebook page. It's called We Need to Talk. It was started by uh, a young lady on Facebook and a lot of people joined it. It's literally mm -hmm. just We Need to Talk. So I think that like that's just something because sometimes people are not ready to jump into therapy. That's the thing. I got to warm up. The first time when I think about the idea, you know, normally we suppress that, you know, like I should go. Nah, I ain't going to talk to nobody. You know what I'm saying? So after a while, it takes a while for you to warm up to that idea sometimes when mm -hmm. you get past it or we wait till things get so bad that we have no choice. We're being mm -hmm. court ordered or something like that. But mm -hmm. it does take time. But I know, you know, finding you a support system building a support system, surrounding yourself with people that respect mental health, right? Uh, being in a space where you can feel comfortable being yourself, having boundaries, knowing that it's okay to say no and that you do have value. So you don't have to, you know, minimize yourself for the purposes of pleasing other people. Because if I have to minimize myself for you, you're probably not happy with yourself either. So what are we doing here? Right? So mm -hmm. those are some of the things that you can do, but that group, like I said, I've been seeing a lot of good feedback uh, from that. So that's something where you can kind of warm up to the idea. Um, and then, of course, you know, following therapy pages, you don't have to pay to follow people's pages. There are so many therapeutic pages mm -hmm. on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube and everything. So sometimes you can just get that little bit. Some is better than nothing. A lot of you guys have jobs with EAP benefits. Those EAP benefits come with anything from three to six free therapy sessions. You don't even have to pay for it. 
You know what I'm saying? So you can actually try it out without actually spending money because sometimes that's an issue for people. And then other people, you have insurance, you are paying for behavior health benefits and you are not using them. So I just want to point that out and encourage you guys to please look into those things because there's a lot of resources out there. And one of the reasons why we are not getting them is because we're not using them. Right. And then lastly, just a little plug. Uh, I noticed that you put my book flyer uh, on your announcement. So yeah. if anyone's interested in the book that was written, I was co-author and it's different women telling different stories. So it's like an anthology of different stories about women and mental health. So my story is actually about uh, my relationship with my mom. So that's the angle that I took. So if you're interested, you can check out the flyer, inbox me and get a pre-order. It's $15 for the pre-order. Regular is $20. And other than that, I just really, really, really appreciate the opportunity to speak. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Charles Trippin, he said you plug in, the, you plug in and appreciate you. <laughs> I got to do what I do. I'm all about resources, guys. But yeah, so whenever, hit me up. I'll be back. Okay, I thank you. Appreciate you. You have a great weekend, and and I'm definitely gonna have you back on the show. Bye, guys. All right, take care. Uh huh. All right, man. So look, man. Oh, look, my light all in the way, man. God dang, that's unprofessional. Uh, but man, hey, that was a dope show. Dope show, man. She's been supposed to come on the show since like June, maybe May. You know, it's just things didn't work out. Dates. You know what I'm saying? I had to work this and that. She had to work, all kind of stuff. But mental health is real, man. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, shout out to everybody who uh, commented on the show, um, left some dialogue, some feedback. Uh, man, y'all share the show. Uh, I got another show next week. You know what I'm saying? The homie Brooksy, she coming through. Uh, if you would like to be on the show, if you want to just, you know, I had some topics, you know. If y'all wanted to talk about some of the topics that I had lifted, listed and I was talking about, y'all could have come on. Y'all come on the show, man. You know what I'm saying? You're more than welcome to come on the show and voice your opinion about whatever particular topic or subject you're going through. Um, check this out, though. Early 2022, you know, I'm going to have a whole brand new setup. You know, I'm going to be taking phone calls. It's going to be a number. You can call the phone number number you could chime in you could give your opinion a lot of people don't want to come on facebook they don't want to do the live shows they don't want to go on youtube or all that stuff like that so it will be something where you can call chime in list your name you can give a fake name a fake city you from whatever man whatever make you feel comfortable you could call in chop it up with your boy if you want to be on the show just inbox me you know what i'm saying we could work something out we could have some great conversations like we did with Miss Trina or any other past guest, you know, it's whatever, you know, but I appreciate y'all for, um, you know what I'm saying, listening to the kickback. Also, you could go on iTunes, not iTunes, but Apple Podcasts. You could go on Spotify, iHeartRadio. You go on YouTube. <clears throat> you go to whatever, Anchor. Um, the podcast will be on there if you miss some of it. I'll probably have it ready for tomorrow or whatever. But like I said, man, I appreciate y'all for um, tapping in. Shout out to my boy, Charles. Keith, hey, I'm going to have to get a candle from you because you grinding. I see you all over America, all over the United States, international with it. You know what I'm saying? Keep grinding. Keep doing your thing. Thank you, Miss Francis, for the food. Uh, 
the barbecue was 100. I'm not even a lot to you. It was on point. But, man, just shout out to everybody that's been supporting, man. Y'all share the show. I'm finna get out of here. <laughs> I drank the whole glass of wine. I'm not even gonna lie, bro. I thought she was analyzing me. I thought I was in a session at first. In my head, I was like, yo, this like a therapy, this like a therapy, this like a, a council session right now. You know what I'm saying? Then the wine was getting to me. I said, well, man, I'm not finna have no live council session of me, you know what I'm saying, on Facebook. So I had to change the subject a few times. But, uh, man, I'm finna get out of here, man. Y'all be safe. Y'all have a great weekend, man. Y'all stay blessed. Y'all stay positive. And 100, I'll see y'all again. Uh, I'll see y'all again next Friday. Like I said, I'm gonna have the girl Brooksy on. And uh, we gonna do our thing, man. Let me see if I could. Uh, let me see. Hold on one second. Let me see. There we go. But I'm gonna get out of here, man. Y'all be safe. Y'all have a great weekend. I, I holla. <laughs>